fleeting glimpses of things seen through a veil darkly. Do we understand the meaning of these visions of life? Why we are here and how little of our existence we truly understand? Tonight we will talk of these things on The Other Side. Welcome to The Other Side. I am Jim Harold, and so glad to be with you today. We're going to talk about the spirit of creativity embodying your soul's passion, but we're going to take an interesting route to get there. And our guide along this journey will be Karen A. Dahlman. She believes that self-empowerment is the key to living a richly rewarding and authentic life. She's an entrepreneur, heads up companies, has her BA and MA from the University of uh, New Mexico. She's been an art psychotherapist, licensed counselor, hypnotherapist, and artist for decades. And uh, she has an interesting background because she's not only a founder and head of a company, she's also what she calls an Ouija-ologist, if I got the pronunciation on that right, and an author writing this book, The Spirit of Creativity. We're going to talk about that spirit today and also some other spirits that she's talked to via the Ouija board. Karen, welcome to the program today. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. I'm happy to be here. So I have to ask, you you have a erudite background, you're a psychotherapist, licensed counselor, you have your master's degree. How in the world do you become an Ouija-ologist? Great question. I'm glad you asked, because <laughs> I think people are curious about that. Basically, anybody that becomes an ologist is somebody who really studies um, a subject tried and true and pretty through and through. And what I mean by that is that I've done a lot of experiments and work with the Ouija board for 40 years now. Um, I, my background is I've always been able to see spirits, speak to spirits, feel them periodically on and off throughout my life. So to make a transition into psychotherapy when you're looking at um, sometimes the unseen issues that people have, as well as talking to spirits and consciousnesses on the board, uh, the, the talking board, it all seems the same to me because you're looking at something that, that you don't necessarily see, but it's still affecting you or can be affecting you. So through the stu- all the studies I've done over the years with the Ouija, it actually pretty much augments um, my therapy practice years ago, as well as my life and how I live it. So studying it has made me into the self-proclaimed Ouijaologist that I am. Now, a lot of people have a negative association with the Ouija. They feel that you're tapping into something you, quote, shouldn't be messing with, that you're tapping into evil spirits. I've had people come on my show and, and say such a thing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I do believe that that can be true. That can be true. I also believe that it doesn't have to be true. And what I mean by that is we tend to attract to us what energy and vibration we put out. Now, this is just just not with the board. This is also with the, the energy of our life, the energy that I have with me, that I carry with me when I go into any situations, circumstances, I move throughout my life. This is what my book is about, too. I talk about the energies. So with, with the negative uh, spirit um, experiences on a board, they do happen. I've experienced a few myself before I truly knew, understood and knew how to use the board in a very correct way um, and, and a way that will bring in better influences. But yes, it happens, and people have told me the same thing. And in fact, most people are afraid of the board for those experiences they've either heard about, seen on TV, or even experienced themselves. So I always get 
um, a response of, oh, you do the Ouija? Well, that that's scary. And so I, I have to always explain it, which is fine because I feel like it, it is about educating how to use this tool of divination in a, in a positive way and use it um, as I would as I would with any kind of, um, I, I want to say, therapeutic tool. By the way, this is not therapy. I want to be real clear about that. I have to say that disclaimer. But it is very therapeutic and can be once you get beyond um, the negative negativity about the board. And if you're afraid of using the board, that fear can bring in like fear. So it can bring that same energy from the other side. And trust me, there are quite a few energies out there that are fearful and fear-based. And they come through angry, confused, lost, looking for light, looking for um, guidance. And so that's what their attraction is to the board when you open up that portal. And you have to be really careful with that when you do. Now, many times people, I think, try to use a Ouija board almost to entertain or scare themselves. Would that kind of intention invite maybe more negative entities? Yeah, it's not a game. And I'm glad you brought that up, Jim. It's just, okay, yes, it's sold on a shelf as a game in, in your local toy store, <laughs> you know, and or on eBay. And I have a collection of Ouija's myself. Um, but, um, yeah, just, just the idea of playing it as a game brings out um, a lower vibration. Because it's novel. It's playful. So you're going to bring out those kind of energies. Um, I've learned that when I do it with a, with a serious nature, still playful, but my spirit guides on the other side want me to have fun and want me to enjoy life. That's really all our spirit guides want for us on the other side is to really enjoy and love life and love others. But if I, if I come about it more serious nature with respect and reverence for who I'm communicating with, for myself, the others in the room, who I'm doing the board with, with the portal, respect to the other side and beyond, and myself, I think it's really key, myself, um, that I will get that kind of vibration. But when I come to the game, you do invite all kinds of silly things. And, and given that as well, when you speak of it as a game, never do it. This is, this is my disclaimer. Never do it under the influence of any type of altering drug substance. Um, and, and I'm not talking like, like coffee or tea, although that can be if you do too much it can make you jittery. But I'm talking about like drinking, uh, you know, booze, alcohol, that kind of stuff or smoking. Or It's best to be clear on that so you can attract that energy as well. What are some of the more frightening uh, situations you've witnessed with the Ouija board where you kind of thought maybe we've tapped into something here that we really don't want to tap into. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've had, I've had several, I've had a few, I've, I've seen others have few as well. Um, mine are more, um, light, uh, as compared to some other stories I've heard, but still nonetheless scary. Uh, I should say it gave me some, some trepidation and, and made me want to realize, realize that this is a real tool. Um, for example, I, w- I was uh, doing the board quite a few years ago with one of my brothers. He, he worked the board really well with me. And this entity came on, and it just was cussing. <laughs> it, you could tell it was yelling. The energy was so fiery on the board. Um, it was moving really fast and erratic. And then when it would stop it, or slow down, it would... It would, it would just say all kinds of um, cuss words and, and controlling words. And I said, you must leave the board. And I started learning how to begin to release the entities away. But and then I had an experience. That was more minor. Then I had an experience where 
um, I had found an earthbound spirit, and this was um, back in my college days. And this spirit was really friendly at first. And um, by the way, back then, I'll interrupt myself for a second here. Um, I was not using, I was not protecting myself while doing a board, and I was not using it with the intentions that I was earlier talking about with your audience. So I was just doing it more novelty, more as an entertainment, more as, wow, this is kind of cool, and exploring. So again, I was, in, I was in college, and I brought in an earthbound spirit, um, and this earthbound spirit really liked to talk a lot and tell us a lot of things, really interesting information that I, that I could cooperate with other people. I could look up, and it was all valid. And it was, it, it was really quite um, extraordinary. But what happened was when I realized I started expanding my own spiritual knowledge on the other side and some of the things I was learning about spirits, people that are entities that are, or I should say, spirit souls that are people that are dead is that they can become stuck if we hold them here um, through our own energy and through our communication with them, such as I was doing. And this spirit started, did not want to leave. And I told the spirit, it really needs to move on and be with its loved ones. And the spirit started getting angry at the point where it manifested itself. Um, I didn't see the apparition, but it started touching me in the room. And that was scary to me um, to know that this could happen on this level. And then I saw another one of my friends and the same experience, same experience with uh, a similar experience with the same entity become so obsessed with the board that she was not wanting to go to class anymore. So there was a little weedy intervention I had to do back then. And then I started learning that this is a serious tool and you, and it's not great or a good idea to play around with keeping spirits earthbound at all. Now, you talk about the Ouija as a tool, and obviously you're a successful entrepreneur, you're uh, an, an author and so forth. Uh, do you use the Ouija in your business dealings in terms of advice of things you should do, ideas for things you should do business-wise? Do you use the Ouija in business, more or less? Well, no, I don't, and and I don't. Okay, so let me ask that. Let's start again. Yes and no. <laughs> I don't go to Ouija to consult for major business deals. Um, I do run my own businesses, and I would never do that as I, as I find that it's better for me to trust my own intuition. I use the Ouija to learn to trust my own intuition better and also to expand my spiritual knowledge. Thus, that makes me better at making decisions, and it helps me just widen my understanding of human nature. So the Ouija is more of a support tool to use for me to grow and evolve spiritually. Um, with that being said now, I do use the Ouija to help me with um, ideas for books I'm writing, um, ideas for workshops I've done in the past, um, ideas for, you know, maybe something I'm going to create. Um, that's where I'll use it more for on those levels because it helps me expand my thoughts about a subject possibly and even think about things that I maybe, maybe not even have really thought about before. And, and the Ouija will, won't give me answers. Long ago, it would try to give answers, and it, and it can give answers, and it still does this day, but when I use it for self-growth, it's more about, it works like a friend would or a colleague would and say, have you thought about this, and here's a here's an idea to ponder, and yeah, I like that, that concept. It'll talk to me as if a friend would, and then it just helps me go deeper into understanding that there's so much more out there. And truly, Jim, my whole, my whole goal with, with um, teaching people about the Ouija and, and the positive benefits of using it um, is really to help people expand their awareness into the world and into themselves. 
And if they can use a tool that helps them do that, whether it's reading a book or using a tool such as this that, that, I, that I like to use, um, then I'm all for it. Um, again, it's, it's not really for a toy to play. You can communicate with their you know, spirits and dead loved ones and, and dead animals and of that nature, but it's really more for developing yourself and really... I think sometimes by just learning to speak to other consciousness, you start to realize the world is so much larger, and your ability to be in that world in a larger way um, is grand. Thus, possibly your potentialities can begin to expand, and people can learn to you know, access their intuition and develop that, their spirituality, their, their spiritual um, abilities, ESP, um, uh, again, intuition, gut feelings, that kind of stuff, ability to see angels and guides and hear them and work with them as they begin to do this work more and more. And on the line of self-expansion, your book, uh, The Spirit of Creativity, Embodying Your Soul's Passion. Now, this isn't necessarily just a book. I'm, I'm sure there's parts about it that speak to the Ouija, but it's a broader context talking about how did you just do that kind of it kind of spur on your spirit of uh, creativity, isn't it? That's correct, yeah. When I talk about creativity, I'm not talking about just being an artist. Everybody tends to think, that, that's a myth. Everybody tends to think creativity means you're good at creating something like uh, artwork or a piece of music or dance or maybe gardening. I'm going beyond that. I'm saying, yes, that's an aspect of creativity, but inherent in everybody within themselves is a spark, this light that connects them to all else just like the Ouija board in a way, just like the way I use the Ouija and I've been talking to you and your guests about. Um, what this book does is helps helps you with, with different tools and techniques and exercises to tap into these realms, to go further into yourself and outside of yourself to gain awareness of your, your soul's calling, which to me, that is truly creativity. When you tap into your soul's calling your, your your potentialities of who and what you're supposed to be in the world in this incarnation, then you're then you're using that creative nature you're born with. Now, the Ouija, during the writing of this book, was a colleague of mine. I will say it that way, and helped me with this book. Um, I, I worked on it for about a year, and the Ouija and I would set up times when I would come back and and speak to it about what I was writing about. Now, I knew I wanted to write about creativity um, because my background is an artist and a therapist, and I've always been an entrepreneur creating things out of nothing. So it made sense for me to, to, to write a topic, I mean, a book about that, plus the work I did with my clients. So it's really about all these ways I help my clients and myself open up to greater potentiality and possibilities within our lives for healing, for growth, for awareness, etc. And so, I, so the Ouija knows, knew that was my... Um, topic and my focus of the book. So we'd speak, and we would speak in great depth, like paragraphs worth of, of uh, work from, from the Ouija that would help me go deeper into my topics. Um, the ideas were mine, but to deepen them in terms of um, what level should I share and also what, how deep I should go with some of the sharing came from the Ouija helping me. So I'd come back, and the Ouija would say, hey, I like that, what you wrote on this 
on this um, paragraph or on this um, chapter, but I want you to also now write about creative dualism in a deeper way. Talk about what that means to you and your clients and use a metaphor of, of like, and give me a metaphor to use, like a metaphor of, of polarities or opposites and how those two come together. I thought, yes, I know what you want me to write about. And then I go back to myself and write it. So... The Ouija, when I was using the Ouija then, I was not talking to dead people. I was speaking to my higher self. I was speaking to my guides. And I was speaking to my angel, who I met about that, around that time on the Ouija board, um, to help me um, put, my, put my thoughts together in a, in a, in a um, collaborative but also comprehensive way so I could put it into a book format. But, yeah, we, we'd, go about, we'd go about doing that back and forth for about a year. We'd meet anywhere from once a week to sometimes every other two to three weeks. And I'd write, write, write until they came back and said yes or try this and write a little bit more. So that's how that went. I don't reference the Ouija in the book, um, but what I do say in the very beginning of the book is I say this is in gratitude to spirit. And spirit is what I call my guys and my friends on the other side. That's I call it the spirit of creativity. Because I feel like they are separate from me, but not really. And my book gets into that. It gets into the idea of, uh, I call it trans-awareness and synchronicity and the connectedness of all that we start to explore. When we, we think we're exploring the beyond, we're really exploring the beyond within ourselves. I know it's very esoteric, Jim, <laughs> but it's hard no, to take the two. That's, that, that's a lot of what we do here, esoteric things, and, and, and we uh, we enjoy your insight. Um, I want to take an example from my personal life and, and not to blow my own horn or anything because I was kind of dense in not realizing this sooner and, and see if it's something that you see in other people. I had worked for almost 20 years. A You know, you go to work, you know, eight, whatever it is, eight to five, and you come home and you, you do the, the, the thing that you're supposed to do. And a couple of years back, I realized that I really should be doing this and got great support from the community and have been able to do all of this full time with podcasting and writing and so forth. But for the longest time, I was conditioned that I was in this box and I would go to an office for the next 40 years and this is what I would do and would not deviate from it because that's what society said we would do. And I thought that people that did things that kind of like what I'm doing now, I thought they were kind of out there and crazy and, you know, (laughs) hippy dippy and all of that. But now I realize that I can provide a living for my family, do something that I love, hopefully contribute something to the public discourse and discussion so I can do good and do well at the same time. But I felt that for all of those years, I had lied to myself not that I'd been able to do this 10, 15 years ago because the technology didn't even exist, but not never to really think beyond that box. And sometimes I think that we are victims of our own mental box. Um, as it pertains to creativity, is that, is that something that you see people dealing with on a regular basis? Well said. I think you summed that up very well, Jim. I hear that a lot. Yes. I, you know, since I'm not doing the psychotherapy I used to do with, with people that were in hospitals and pretty extreme conditions and, and, and disorders and diagnoses, um, and working more with just um, people more in the, in the public, such as yourself, myself, um, yes, I hear that all the time. There's a stuckness or a, um, is this all there is to life? And so I really 
I've been very fortunate. I think I was born this way, and it's always been my desire to explore and explore what's not seen. And maybe that's because of my experience of seeing um, spirits and knowing that others didn't see it at a relatively pretty young age. But but I hear this from people, and so my one of my goals is to help people understand that it's not about necessarily leaving a nine-to-five job, because that might be somebody's calling. And I know people that do that kind of work very well. Um, and so it could be for them, but it, but I do believe it's for them to learn to think outside of their box. So I love when you use the metaphor box, because that's what happens. We're not a box. Our life is not contained. Our world is not contained. And, and we do right now is, is so important to me to share with others out there that it, when you use a tool such as this, or you use a tool that works for you, that allows you to see, take yourself outside of yourself and say, my Goodness, there's so much more to the world. Um, and I can actually immerse myself in it and be a part of it, which helps me want to explore things that I never even thought I knew existed as what you were saying you did. That is a beautiful thing that happens. And when that happens, you know, you, there is, I, and I'm hearing you say it as you speak, there's a reward in your life. There's a satisfaction that comes and a feeling of, of self-reverence and respect for your life. And I find, too, when we're on that path um, of being open to our potentiality, that's what I call it for better sense of words, but open to that creative spark within ourselves. When we allow that to come out, there is no parameters, or the parameters begin to widen and widen. And once in a while, I hit up against the wall, and I go, wow, there's further I can go. And that's exciting. I find people doing that and trying to do that, especially now in this day and age as people have to reinvent themselves because of the economy, because of what's happened to a lot of jobs. Working 48 years at one job is not happening anymore unless you own your own company. And even then, as I find, I have to reinvent myself about every decade, 12 12 years, 14 years, to a new industry because it, things change so rapidly. So the more we learn to go with that flow and change and step outside of our box and ourselves, the more we're going to be flexible and fluid in our lives and the more rewarded we're going to feel about it. And things in life, when I say things, things in your life flow to you, to us, more easily, and thus we can create that life we want. That is what my book is about. In a nutshell, you hit on a gem on the head. It is about creating the life of your dreams that you'd like to live and live it in the boldest, greatest way. And Ouija helps augment that. And one thing I'll say, and of course it depends on what you want to do in life, but I think it, to me, from almost a business and personal development um, stance, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times. If you want that corner office, the gold watch, and want to work for the same company for 30 years, chances are it's not going to happen in this day and age, uh, through no fault of your own perhaps, just mm -hmm. the, the way that the world, uh, business world has evolved. However, if you want to do your own thing, and make a mark on the world in an individualistic way with the internet and all the communication tools. And it could be podcasting or it can be blogging or it can be an email news. There's so many ways to reach people, self-publishing via the Kindle. There's so many different ways you can reach people today that you couldn't 10, 20, 30 years ago. So I, I would say for people who are frightened, there's, there, there is hope out there. So, so to that end, it, let's say somebody feels that they're stuck in a rut. They, they feel that, and a lot of times I'll hear this from people. I'll say, well, I don't have anything to offer the world. What do I have to offer the world that is that is different? And, and what I often tell people, 
everybody is an expert in something. Everybody has, even if they're not an expert, has a passion for something and has knowledge that other people don't have, and they can contribute in that way. But they often slough those things off as hobbies and, oh, there's no one else interested in that and those kind of things. What words of wisdom would you have to say for people out there who say, I'm stuck in the rut, but I don't have anywhere to go? Well, you hit on the other keyword that I use, and that's passion. And, of course, that's in the title of my book, too. Um, I would say to somebody, without thinking about money, without thinking about the structure, without thinking about the education or training or the place you live or the people around you, what is your soul's passion? What have you always wanted to do? And then I hear things such as, wow, I really could have been a great bowler. I was really good at this. I mean, things that you wouldn't really expect to hear. Wow, I, I really enjoy being, being on the stage and doing uh, playhouses in the community. And so I would say, step in that direction and do it. When people come to me and they say, I want to understand this better, I will pull out the Ouija and we will ask those questions. We will, but I won't ask it as yes or no. I'll say, help so-and-so, whoever the mayor, let's just say it's uh, um, Joe Smith. Let's help Joe Smith understand a little bit more about his passions. And, and Joe might say, I don't know anything. And, and then some, somebody will come through and help him on the board. And typically, it could be one of my guides helping one of his communicate. And they'll remind him of some things he enjoyed to do. And those are the things. Those are your keys. Those are your clues to things that you should be, should, and I say should, I hate the word should, but it's your responsibility. It's your universal responsibility to express it in the world. That is your level of expertise. I mean, who would have thought that I'd be sitting here today with, with, with that I've been successful in my businesses and I've run quite a few large companies for um, corporate 100 and corporate 500 companies that I'd be sitting here talking about the Ouija board. This is a passion of mine. It's been a passion of mine, uh, well, for quite 40 years. <laughs> and so is the other side. And so here I am doing it in a format that I never would imagine in my wildest dreams. I think the time is right now for me to do this. And I want to say the time is right for everybody to reach out and find, allow themselves that expression of themselves. This is the, the book that talks about how to do this, how to get those barriers out of the way, how to increase your, your, your realm of existence in your own world, which means breaking the barriers of the box. And, and my, my tools, such as the Ouija and other divination tools, help you do it too. The, the idea is, again, reach, go beyond yourself and be that person, express that person that you were meant to be. And it, it, it might be on a small scale. It doesn't have to be global. It might be just being really good in your community, helping animals that need rescuing. You know, that's a beautiful right. thing, you see. And, and that's an interesting point because I think sometimes – when people think of things like the secret or, or things like that, they think that if you move in a certain direction, you're guaranteed, you know, Mercedes in the driveway and and riches and all of this. I don't think that's what we're talking about. I think we're talking about living living a truer, more fulfilled life and a life that maps to to who it is you really are and who you want to be and and, and again following your passions. So I don't. I know that in my case, you know. <laughs> I don't have the Mercedes in the, the driveway, but uh, but we're getting by and uh, living a much more fulfilled life. And after all, um, recently having uh, experienced the uh, death of a, a very close relative, um, at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters at the end game, really, what's in the bank account. It's whether you live the life that uh, 
that was fulfilling for you and and hopefully contributed something back to the world? Very, very nicely said, and, and I would say ditto to that. It's wealth and prosperity is about is about your life and how you feel within your life. Sometimes, sometimes those riches come, sometimes they don't. But the riches, the true riches, are what you just said. It's the relationship you share with yourself and others, and how you exist within your within your life, and you feel fulfilled in it. And you feel like there's passion, and you feel your spark, and you feel the energy, and you want to wake up in the morning. And, you know, life, life has its ups and downs, and it always will. And it's, it's how we traverse those. And that is true prosperity. That is true wealth, and that is, that is true um, um, love. That's, that's, that's your life to a fruition. And so... Yes, the, the, again, um, those items, those, the, the, I guess the Mercedes, if that's what you want, can, can be there, um, but that's not the answer. And, and I truly believe, as you said too, Jim, the answer really is feeling fulfilled within your life. And whatever, however you measure that, however you want to measure that. And what if somebody says, well, I'm not creative? <laughs> I would say, you know what? Hogwash. Well, actually, when I was doing art therapy, <laughs> yeah, you know, they come to my art therapy group. They say, I don't know why I'm in here. You know, and when I go into hospitals, I was a contract therapist, and, and people were prescribed to go to my uh, groups because of some block in terms of emotions or not being able to express themselves. And they want to sit there with their arms crossed. I said, fine. I, I go, but just watch, and I bet you'll want to participate after a while. And, you know, and they do. They go, well, this is kind of fun. And they said, but I'm not creative. I said, well, we're not talking about being an artist. I'm talking about about expressing yourself. Creativity is about expressing yourself. Um, in fact, the word creativity comes from the word creare, and creare is about giving birth, get, bringing forth. That's what creativity means, bringing forth something within you. And so it, 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 doing, begin doing creativity is like by maybe just journaling, maybe by uh, writing, maybe by gardening, maybe by cooking, maybe by thinking spending time alone and just getting into your thoughts. That's a creative way to begin to bring out some of these things that are in you to find your passions, to find your drive. The, the ultimate goal is to feel fulfilled and loved in life, right? And if that's the case, we've got to open ourselves to it. And to open ourselves to it, I feel like, in my experience, it's going back into the spark of our creative nature. And, I, and when people are in groups, this is what they learn when they do the art therapy with me. And they inevitably end up saying, this has been one of my best groups, because I, I learned that I, I can express myself. Uh, maybe I'm not an artist, and I said, that this, again, it's not about being an artist, it's about you learning to express yourself. And Excellent. Everybody Excellent. is creative. And often what I think is, is that because what I remember the, the, the previous generation, their feeling was, well, I want to you know work this 30 or 40 years so I can retire and then do what I want to do. But in so many cases, people played that game and then they didn't live to retire or they retired and they weren't in, in such good health. And I know that there are bills to pay and there are things that you have to do in life. You know, that money just doesn't flow from heaven when you have to pay the light bill or get your kids braces. I mean, there are realities. But within the framework of their lives, I think that people are awakening to the idea that you also, in, in addition to those realities, you have to find ways to live a fulfilling life as you go along. Because there are no guarantees that uh, 30, 40 years 
you know, after you start working, that you're going to have that health, that you're even going to be around. So the idea is to enjoy life as you go, not to put it off to some indeterminate date. Yeah, and, and I think balance is the key here as we're talking about things. You know, um, we do have to pay our bills. We do have our, our mouths to feed and our family to take care of and shelter to put over us. So we need the basic safety needs from Maslow's hierarchy of needs taken care of first. And that would be feeling safe and having a home and your food and shelter. Um, and then you can start moving up into more esoteric you know, realms. But that's a necessity. And if we can do that and also have a balance of I'm also expressing something and myself that is important. I, I want, I'm going to go ahead and do that playhouse theater in my neighborhood. I'm going to go ahead and, and volunteer at the animal rescue shelter. Uh, you know, that is rewarding and fulfilling to do that in addition to the work we have to do. Now, to find the time can be a challenge, but if you don't find the time, and I've learned this myself because I can go extreme with my businesses and I work um, where you, we will get this eased. We will be at dis-ease with ourselves and with our lives, and disease ends up happening. And I talk about that in the book, um, the idea of chasing or hounding after that golden carrot and, and how we will become D-I-S-E-A-S-E, dis-ease with our life when we don't find that balance. So it's important to find that, and, and, and that's what we're talking about here. Um, and if there's a way to augment it in your life, and for me, it has been a really, I've done it many different ways, but, but one way that's been really fulfilling for me has been learning to um, expand myself into other realms of consciousness. And, and as I do that, I, I find myself in a um, feeling, being and, and treating myself and others in a, in, a, in a more positive light, spiritual light, and understanding people's plights of their life better through that work that I do on the other side. So it's, it's, it's a fabulous tool, but we all have our own ways of also doing the same thing I'm talking about. And, and the spirit of creativity, embodying your soul's passion, helps you find those different ways that work for you that, to help you find that balance. Because balance is key. <laughs> balance is key. Um, if we don't have that, we really don't have a, a real rewarding life. Well said. Karen, where, pe- where can people find the book and find out more information about what you do? Because I guess one of the first steps for people, if they wanted to pursue this, is to pick up the book. I absolutely agree. They can find it on Amazon.com. Look me up by Karen A. Dahlman or the title, The Spirit of Creativity, Embodying Your Soul's Passion. Uh, it's also available on Kindle and paperback. And, and you can also read, uh, I think the first couple of chapters are in there. I think it's the introduction of forward and maybe one chapter. Um, also, you can find me on Facebook. You're welcome to join, join me there. I, I announce when I'm speaking next and what kinds of things are going on uh, with the book. The book has a website. Uh, excuse me. The book has a Facebook page under the Spirit of Creativity, or you can find me under Karen A. Dahlman on Facebook as well. Come join me. Karen, thank you for joining us today on The Other Side. Thank you, Jim, for having me. Thank you all for tuning in. We certainly appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for your support. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.